0: Hello everyone, everyone
1: in podcast listening land, I'm Karen Devaney, and I'm Ann Barner. and, and we're, we're sisters. sisters. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder, where we'll discuss, and probably inappropriately laugh about and comment on, yep, one of our favorite subjects, murder. murder. Oh, and we love to bake, and why not combine our two favorite subjects, baking and killers. kitchen. Yes, we are. Social distancing. Distancing, distancing. And we have a guest with us today. We do, a sit-in. And we've got a sit-upon. <laughs> yes, and it's my daughter, and her name is Sarah, but you might hear me say peanut by mistake, because that's what I call her. Introduce yourself.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah, and I am so excited to be joining and seeing the behind-the-scenes and be a part of this really
1: cool podcast. She paid for a behind-the-scenes tour, and that's what she's getting. (laughs) No discount, though. And, well, you get what you pay for. Just remember (laughs) that.
0: All right, so I'm in your kitchen, so I uh, I don't frequent your kitchen for cooking. Me neither. uh, So I might bumble around a bit, but um, I decided today that we would go ahead and make ourselves some brownies and i got oh. the recipe off the back of the, the cocoa container i
1: love that so yeah it's like the, the, the brownies. Brownies. <laughs> yeah
0: so and it's really easy it's just sugar butter eggs vanilla flour um i use the nestle toll house baking cocoa okay but i suppose you could use hershey's if you wanted to uh, baking powder a little bit of salt um and if
1: you want you can add nuts i'm I don't prefer a nut in my brownie. I don't like a nut in my brownie. There, there's just nuts have a place, and they are just places that you shouldn't get a nut. And yeah. that's, I think it's a brownie. Yeah. It? I'm not, I'm not a nut person no. in a brownie. Well, you are a nut. Oh, well, that's <laughs> been established long before today. Indeed. And um, also, and, I wanted to point out that some of the background noises are because I have my porch door open. So occasionally, we'll hear a motorcycle go by no. or a truck backing up and we also have another dog with us today so Leroy Brown's having a play date today with Miss Sully so we could possibly hear from her by the end of all this I don't know so while you are baking up some brownies yeah I'm gonna dish out a murder
0: all right I'm excited let's hear it okay this murder
1: is about Sarah Dixon it happens in Alamance, Alamance County North Carolina and specifically, the town I think was called Graham, North Carolina. It's somewhere near Burlington, I think. Okay, all right. I think it's um, back in 2007 in November. All right. So, so oh wait,
0: 2007.
1: Okay, got it. Yeah, it no, yeah, no. it's not 2027. I'm not talking about something that's gonna happen in the future,
0: right? Right, yeah, right. I didn't know
1: because I mean, these are really
0: crazy times with the virus I know. and the, I know. everything, and it could be time travel that you've discovered, and I
1: just don't know. Well, I think I have discovered it, but I'm not willing to talk about it yet. Oh, okay, all right, so let's hear it. Murder. Right. Sarah Dixon, she is 68 years old, she's very sweet, she's beloved by her neighbors and her kin. She is married to a man named Cardwell Dixon. All right. They've been married about 20 years, and Cardwell had had a stroke in 2004. Oh, that's hard. And now it had gotten to the point that he needed 24-hour care. So she was having to put him in an around-the-clock facility, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was getting kind of expensive. We, We know those things can be expensive. And um, it was starting to drain their finances a little bit. Uh-huh. So she actually had a third party um, curator that was helping her sell off some assets that would help go towards his care. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's so, nice. Yeah, you got to make some hard choices. I yeah. get it.
0: Take care of your people.
1: So um, Cardwell had two biological sons, and one was Dennis, and the other one was Alan. All right. And of course, they were from a previous marriage. So, Dennis and Sarah were having some disagreements over the care of Cardwell.
0: Oh,
1: oh no. Right. Because she had been selling off some assets to try to help pay for his care. Dennis and his brother stood to inherit all of their dad's property and assets. So, oh, I see. coming into the marriage, upon his death, he had. Bequeath to his two sons, all of this stuff, which happens. Usually you set up, you know, your second wife with, with some funding to get her through life. But then, you know, what you've acquired before the marriage normally goes to your offspring of the previous marriage. Right. So that's what happened. And Dennis was having a little bit of heartburn because Sarah was having to sell off some of Cardwell's assets
0: to take care of his dad.
1: I'm just saying he was not happy that this this money was going to care for his father.
0: Well, Dennis is on my
1: list. Yeah, he's on my list. And so he felt like that Sarah was misusing that, her ability to be able to sell off stuff. But her lifestyle had not changed. Right. It's not like she had gone out and bought a car and then thrown some money to his care. Like, you know, it really was going towards his care. Okay. So she was on the up and up. She was on the up and up. Dennis... Um, knew his dad was in pretty bad shape and would probably never recover from this. And so his frustration was, why does he have to be in this Cadillac facility if we know he's never going to recover? Oh uh, Well, um, we need yeah. to just sign him right out. He's of a real out. sweetheart, that one. Yeah. <laughs> so November 28, 2007, Sarah is home alone, of course, and she retires to bed for the evening and she never wakes up. After a couple of days, her neighbors haven't seen a whole lot of activity around her house, which is she's usually in and out, back and forth to see her husband at the facility. And they don't see any signs of any activity. So they call the sheriff's department and ask for a welfare check. Right. So they show up and they find Sarah in her bed, blanket over her, just like she's sleeping, except she's got a massive hole in her head from a gunshot. Oh, dang. Oh, that's
0: so yes. that's it's so sad bad.
1: Because, like, she never knew it was coming. She's facing the wall. She is, like, covered up, and her slippers are right next to bed, right oh, where she stepped man. out of them. Her house was immaculate. They said they could even see all of the vacuum cleaner marks in every room where she ran the vacuum. Like, it was immaculate. So... She's, you know, goes to bed and retires for the evening, and then kaboom! Somebody sneaks in and shoots her in the head, and she never knows it. Oh my god! She, that's literally like she woke up dead. So the question is, who did it? Well, huh? I know who could have done it. Who <laughs> could it be? Who on earth could have done that to poor Sarah? I know. Well, I hope Dennis it wasn't said all well. well, I don't think it was. <laughs> Dennis said it was not him. Of course. No. So he admits to I having. I didn't for one minute yeah. think or suspect. It I mean, Dennis, been. don't even, don't even, you don't even have to say that because we all know, know it cannot be You're you. Good. Yeah. So he admits to having some angry exchanges with his stepmother and he even admits to writing her some accusatory emails. But he was able to pr- provide a verifiable alibi mm-hmm. and they could find no ties to the crime scene. Right. So now the question stands who done it? So it turns out Dennis did not hold back when he talked about how he was frustrated with his stepmother. He thought com- that he would gladly pay $5,000 for someone to smoke her ass.
0: Oh no, Dennis. <laughs> not the sharpest tool in the shed. That's
1: horrible. It's horrible just to say that out loud. Yeah. But to say it out loud and you don't to care who hears you and to multiple people. Hello, like you're an evil asshole. Yes. So naturally, he and a couple of his buddies were working on one of his cars one day. Um, He got their attention because he kept talking about how she was such an evil person and that she doesn't. He didn't understand why she was going through and she was selling off his inheritance to take care of his dad and his dad didn't need that kind of treatment and you know and somebody said well how is she holding up and he was like i just wish she was dead i wish somebody would just smoke her ass oh my gosh yeah so this actually got the attention of his friends that he was working on the car with and one of those friends was named thomas clay friday
0: oh tommy friday tommy friday
1: (laughs) yeah and so according to their other buddy that was there Friday was really listening with a lot of intensity and kept saying, I could buy a lot of things with $5,000. Oh, no. So then Tommy. he started listing all the things he thought he could buy. Like if he had $5,000, he'd go out and buy a jet ski, and he'd buy this, and he'd buy that. Can so, you buy a this and a that and a jet ski with $5,000? You can't, you can't get
0: okay.
1: too much. First of all, I'm just not, I'm saying we're not, We're not going to be. We're not dealing with the creme de la creme of society (laughs) here. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that some people just don't have good math skills. Right, 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 and they see more than one zero behind a number and they think that's it. I got it all. Right. They don't know. So the other guy just was like, "I just kept my mouth shut." But then when little Sarah that very night was murdered, Oh, no, they had to quit. It didn't waste any time. Yeah. It kind of caught his attention too, and he was like, "Rock, row So, when they go to Dennis and talk about Dennis's alibi and what did you do that day, he talks about how he worked on his car with his two friends. Right, right. Well, what are those friends' names? Well, it's this guy and that guy. So they go talk to Saturday and Sunday and Friday and <laughs> Wednesday. So they go and talk to the the other buddy, the not the Friday buddy, and he says, "Yep, I worked on." car with them and you know there was some discussion between them and I will tell you that Friday was talking about some things that he thought he could buy with thousand I didn't take them seriously and I just was like okay so um but he so they start looking into Friday's background and they find that he is a convicted felon and he has prior arrests for robbery breaking an entry, and some assaults huh. and this guy this third friend um also had said that he knew that friday owned a gun and that it was a nine millimeter pistol and that he kept it in a white box in his house that's oh. all i knew all
2: right that's still a leap though for him to only have like some robberies even even the assault part for him to go from that to murder for money that's you really turn the level up quick on
1: that. Well, I feel like that this is—if you look at it, it's—it's it's definitely um, you can see an evolutionary pattern, though, because you know we are—we do some some robberies, we do some breaking and entering, and we do some assaults. So if you do one plus two plus three, you're going to get some murder for hire. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> That's my math. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a big leap. It, it
0: does. It does. does. It's but, like, okay, I'm doing all this but, stuff, and, and he now also spread, I'm spent time in
1: prison. So you get, I mean, it, evidently some people get some ideas up in prison. I, I don't know, and it doesn't. It's not about rehabilitation all the time. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. you, you know, you start kind of comparing stories. Yeah, and you're like, oh wait, how'd you pull that one off? <laughs> so
0: nobody will ever suspect mm-hmm. me. It's not like I have
1: a dirty yeah. record. No, exactly. Yeah. And I'll just keep this illegal nine millimeter with me just in case, even though I'm a convicted felon felon and I'm not supposed to have it. Right. (laughs) As long as it's in a white box, nobody will ever know.
0: Lots of clear thinking.
1: Yes. So investigators um, take Friday's phone from him and they said, we're going to go through and look at some of your phone records. And what they found is there were calls between Dennis, the stepson, and Friday. 13 times between the time that they left from working on the cars together to right up to the murder. 13 I'm, times. I'm, they I'm sure they were making times.
0: plans. They were just they were. plans for the night.
1: Nope. They were making plans, <laughs> but not for cars. So they also will get some more calls over the next few days, and, and they're able to line those up with, Because they're also doing some digging on the other side, on Dennis. And they notice that every time there's a phone call between them in the days after the murder, right after that, there's also a bank withdrawal from Dennis. Oh, Oh no. And then right after the bank withdrawal, Friday's phone pings off a tower right next to the bank where the withdrawal has been made by Dennis. Oh, no. Again. Not the sharpest crayons in the box. No. As a matter of fact, I think these crayons fell right out of the box. I don't think they're in the box at all. No, no, no. (laughs) So, arrest warrants are issued for Dennis Dixon and this Tommy Friday. And immediately, Dennis Dixon lawyers up. Friday, you don't have that kind of cash. He's got
0: $5,000. $5. <laughs> he That's
1: wants crazy. a jet ski. <laughs> Not once did he say, I think I can buy an attorney with yeah. that. No, he didn't. <laughs> he said, I want a damn jet ski. And he probably was shopping for it as they were arresting him. So he sings like a canary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He tells the police that Dennis offered him $10,000 to kill his stepmother uh-huh. and he wanted it done immediately. <laughs> Ten thousand. Ten thousand. So he upped it. I mean, think about that. Wow. Like, I can get two jet skis. Wow. Yeah. So Friday then goes out and hires a son of a former girlfriend and get this. He said, I'm gonna pay you two thousand. Oh, yeah. look Dirty at Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, because he's got 10 and making it seem like I'm going to pay you two, and that guy probably thought that was half. Right. Yeah, right, no, right. it doesn't pay off for them. We all know that jailhouse funds are bought. Yes. Friday didn't get that memo. Right, right. I didn't know either. <laughs> Oh, well, you do. So if you're ever in jail... <laughs> you should know. Don't have any kind of conversations yeah. that you don't want printed in the newspaper. They right, take away okay. all your privacy when you don't do You don't. don't, to it. All don't, of don't it. You have to pee in front of people, dress in front of people, and you talk on the phone and they listen. So and they read your letters. letters. They read your letters. Oh. Yeah. So don't even write it in a letter. <laughs> okay? Right. Got it. Okay. So Friday doesn't get the memo. So he calls up another buddy of his. I mean, he's a he's a very popular man, he's got a few friends. Yeah, which, yeah. I, you know, you, you gotta be impressed with that. And he says to the guy, listen, I need for you to break into my house and find a white box <laughs> and just get rid of the box. Just
2: get rid Don't of Don't worry about looking in it. the box. Oh, so he still had the gun. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Not that I'm rooting for him. of course. <laughs> to hear this oh, things yes <laughs> when they had 13 <laughs> phone calls that
0: day
1: like, at one point what did they discuss if they what all the kind of jet ski are, are, are you gonna get no there about. was no there was no follow-up and that's the thing that when you don't you <laughs> yeah. gotta understand when you start a project you have to plan for the end of the project of and how are you gonna wrap it up but they just kind of left it yeah. open so yeah not too bright little friday So, anyway, I mean, the guy agrees, and he goes and gets the white box, and he throws it in the lake. But then the police go get him and said, we heard your conversation (laughs) with Friday. What'd you do? And he was like, "Uh, I went and got a white box and threw it in the lake. And they were like, oh, really? And he said, I'll take you to it. Oh. I'll take you to it. Well, at least he left it in the box. Yeah. That was nice. Two days later, police were able to recover the weapon in the box. All right. Yes. So, the dude said, don't open the box. I didn't open the box. I didn't open the box. I'm just doing what the friend told me to do, which, you know, that's a loyal friend. Very loyal because I know if I
0: called some of my friends, well, some of them, I think if I called and said, I need you to get a box and get rid of it, don't open the box. They would do it. But I know I have a lot of people that would be like, oh hell no. And some people are like, Oh yeah, I'll go get your box and take it to the police. <laughs> oh,
1: no, see, I would go get your box. I would open it, but right. I'd be like, sure but I never opened it. But no. I would have to see what <laughs> was in oh, it. Oh yeah, me, me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what's in yeah, the yeah. box? What's in that box? And sometimes, like in the movie seven, you shouldn't open <laughs> Don't the box, it was was box. Don't it yo, in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> what's in that box? And then you're sorry that you know. Yeah. Right, so right. this guy, I mean, he did good. He was like, I just threw the box in the lake. I don't know what was in it. Here it was. And But then, also a good guy, as soon as the cops come knocking, he's like, this is what I did, and this is where I did it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a friend, but only up until a certain yeah. day. And right. I'm saying. <laughs> <that little. laughs> yeah. And he didn't even get paid. Like, that guy didn't even offer to pay him yeah. to go get the box. Right. Right. The accomplice also fesses up.
0: Oh, right.
1: And says, yeah, he he asked me to go with him, and I went with him. Leroy, (laughs) what's the matter? What's the matter? He's upset about how dumb these criminals are.
2: (laughs) I am, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so he's actually trying to tell Sully something, but I don't know what he's trying to say. (laughs) What's the matter, buddy? What do you want? Do you want your friend to
0: play? Sully is out. She's sleeping. She's asleep. It's uh, here
1: time. comes our motorcycle friend. I told you it happened <laughs> <laughs> It happens every day. All right, buddy. Go go see your handler. Go see if your caretaker can talk to you. Go snuggle. All right. So the, okay. the, the accomplice has now confessed. So the accomplice has now confessed as well to say, yes, I, I went with him to commit the murder. Right. And when I went with him to commit the murder, I got scared and I... Because he wanted me to shoot the woman. I got scared and tried to run away. And he grabbed the gun and shot the woman. Oh. No. So, this guy gets um, 20 years. Just a little over 20 years. gets since 20 Wait, Friday years. or Friday
2: had friends?
1: Friday's friend. The son yeah, of an on ex-girlfriend. On, oh. Oh, son, oh right. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And let me tell you something. If I'm that girlfriend... You would be able to hear my flip flops all the way out in the parking lot of my jail, me going to tell him a piece of my mind and you know, right. getting my son involved in your shit. And oh, by the way, what's this? You're going to get 10, but you're only paying him two? Yeah. Like, it, what the flip? That's not even fair. Not fair. No. Well, that kid probably looked at that sweet, sleeping old lady and said, It ain't worth $2,000. i am out. Right. So, anyway, Friday, he ends up pleading guilty. Good
0: for him. He
1: pled to first degree murder. So he got life with no parole. Okay. Okay. So he avoids the death penalty, um, which
0: seems I, to be what most people do
1: these days. They do. And I, I had this discussion earlier with you all today after seeing some of these jailhouse documentaries. Right. That's a, that's a hellish way to live yeah and it, it really takes about 20 years off of your lifespan automatically just going into jail
0: makes sense yeah
1: so um a lot of people would prefer actually to be on death row because su- supposedly you get treated a little bit better you get better meals better uh, medical care it's a little bit elevated care because they want to make sure you make it to your execution but you're
0: in total isolation if you're on death row but
1: you're you don't you do not run the risk of some guy shanking you or you get work you yeah but right when you're right trying to shout it's very true right, right. Very true. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, dear. Sorry, my little darling. <laughs> Very so true. Dennis goes on trial and of course he tries to say I didn't have anything to do with it. This, you know, I didn't like my stepmother, but I would never kill her. Nobody's buying this story, and he gets convicted. He gets convicted of first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and burglary in the first degree. Right. Like, so you broke threw, it and you planned it and you did it. Yeah, and he wasn't even there. But because he paid people to do it, they did it on his behalf, so you can be held responsible for that. I thought Dennis was there. Dennis didn't go there. He had no ties to the crime scene at all. This is Dennis. Oh, it's was Friday. Friday, you want to pull the, the Friday Sorry. went from Saturday. Oh, a With Monday all. to shoot the lady. Dennis <laughs> is a, the mastermind. Right. He's, the, he's the stepson okay. right, of Sarah right. Dixon, yeah. who doesn't want his daddy's money to go to care for his daddy.
0: And now, where's his money?
1: Yeah. And in the process of all of this, his dad passed away. Right, and now right. who has the money? I'm going to tell you who has the money in just a minute. Okay. Okay? So, his dad did normal. pass away, but he never knew that his son had murdered his beloved wife. Right. He never he never had that knowledge, and so people did find some comfort in that. But, dun, 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 <laughs> here's the best part of the story. All right, let's hear it. Sarah Dixon also had a son from a previous marriage. Oh. His name, James Niece.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He brought a wrongful death suit against Dixon and his two accomplices in civil court. Oh, that was smart. He doesn't say I want this much money, X number of money. He said I want I want people to hear my story in court and I want you to tell me what you think I deserve or my mother's estate. Deserves And so it's him and I think he's got maybe a brother or a sister and there's a grandchild and a great grandchild that are, you know, would be part of, the estate. part of the estate. So the jury comes back and they give $15 million for the wrongful death of Sarah Dixon. Nice. They give $30 million in liable punitive damages charged to the assets and estates of all three of those men. Oh, wow. And it goes towards her estate. So he got $45 million. Now, who's got the money, you motherfucker? Don't, you're
0: not allowed to say Jesus, that. I'm
1: sorry. Mama, don't listen to this. Oh, my goodness. We I'm promise, saying,
0: Mama, we I promise, Mama. I promise. No it. more F word. Sometimes
1: you have to just, you've got to say the F word. <laughs> you used to be,
2: that used to be your. One word that was not allowed anywhere around, and you. then you
1: went to college. Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> and, and made me say,
2: the, "Well, you yeah, took direct offense because you were a mother. So to have your your title know, in the word, I understand really upset you. But you say, it. But I'm just going to say,
1: you didn't help. I didn't, I didn't use even, it. You didn't use it for a long time, but under my breath, I used it a lot. <laughs> Because you were not easy.
0: Oh, I, okay. I, I,
1: I, and so then you went to college, and I think you started saying it a no, little bit. No, I didn't. At what point did you say it? Because you say it. I don't know. Jury's out. <laughs> I'm like to have 45 million dollars yeah, in punitive damages. No. <laughs> anyway, he's he don't he don't have the money. No, he doesn't have the money. And what's really sad is he screwed his brother. Out of getting his money. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? There's no way that his brother
2: didn't hear him say terrible things I don't things think his brother threat. even lived
1: in that town. Surely they spoke. I'm I, sure that they I'm not spoke. i the brother, no. I'm
2: just saying he should have whacked his brother around. I'm he sure. It didn't seem
1: like, like this guy didn't come into play at all in this. I don't, I don't even think know. he went to court when mm. this guy went to court and stuff. I think that he just tried to distance uh. himself a lot. So, but yeah, I mean, what a, I mean, just such a, I mean, murder is so dumb. Bad decisions. It's all bad decisions around. and it's dumb. The outcome is never what you think it's going to be. It's never good. It isn't. You just make everything worse. So anyway, that's my murder. It happened in Graham, North Carolina, which I actually have a, a friend I went to high school with and grew up with who lives in Graham, North Carolina. So I'm going to have to ask her if she remembers this murder and then she'll be like, what What's do you, wrong with you? Yeah, what are you? talking about this murder? <laughs> well, I haven't seen you in 25, 30 years. But the first thing you want to know is, do I know about this murder? I'm be like, yeah, this is gonna let me know if we can continue our friendship from high school or not. Right. <laughs> so anyway, how the brownies doing because so they we've smell got so good.
0: About six minutes left on the
1: brownies. I I want them now.
0: And I'm so excited because I got um, I placed an order with Pampered Chef. Thank you, Mary White, for the Pampered Chef party. And um, I got this really awesome brownie pan, and it makes 12 perfectly square
1: brownies.
0: Love perfect! That. They're all the same size. They're, it's just perfect. So I nobody it. has to argue over
1: it. who's getting yeah, a bigger that brownie. That's not yeah. good for me
0: because I am <laughs> such a
1: <laughs> cheater. I
2: was offering to
1: go cut the brownies I know so, right. and, and I good. always get one yeah best. there's no <laughs> cutting the brownies now it's yeah, you turn no. them all yeah.
0: out and they're all there she she's
1: she's gonna
0: gonna exposed just, yeah. like the, shoot. <laughs> and I like the center of the brownie I don't like the crispy outsides yeah. so there's no real crispy outside and that's on the, that's the only here. thing that I'm
1: disappointed in because that's my, my favorite, favorite. part yeah. Yeah. you don't
0: have to make yourself some old school brownies on the kitchen.
1: because when I do that and I cut brownies for my family nobody but me likes the edges so I cut out, the edges meal, and then give and them meal. a center and then I just eat around the edge of the pan. <laughs> oh my God, that's so, so funny. It's my fave. It's my
0: fave. So, um, all right. Then while I'm waiting for these to finish up, while and I talk about my murder. Okay, that's fine. Let's take a break real quick.
1: Take a break. Please and then then we'll, hold.
0: We won't murder, but we'll talk We about will it. not murder <laughs>
1: while we're on break. Well, I can't make any promises. Hold on. All right, we're back. We're back. Oh, yes, we fed Sullivan a little piece of ice, and hopefully that'll keep her happy for a while. And I don't know what Leroy Brown wants, but he's gonna have to get over he'll it. He'll be so. all right. I think he'll be all right. I think he will too. He's, he's
0: licking Sully's lips right now. Oh, but that's cool
1: enough too. like <laughs> Thanks for eating that ice for me because I don't like it, but it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, tell us about your Dog. I'm going to tell you about this
0: murder, but I'm going to just say a little something before I talk about the murder. Because this is a murder from our hometown. Oh, their brownies are ready. Look at oh, us go. I'm so happy. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is a hometown murder for us. We both knew and know the family very well. And we grew up with the people involved. And we're friends on Facebook with some of the people in that town. So we're just telling a story. That's all we want to say about it. We're just telling. We're not a story. judging. There's no judgment. We're just telling a story. Here we go. It was a typical day at Franklin High School in February of 1990. So I graduated high school in 1987. I graduated these... in 19. So these kids, <laughs> these kids are a little younger than me. They are seniors. In high school. Right.
1: So if it's 1990, my little Sarah has just been
0: boy. Oh, way to go, girl. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but typical day, Franklin High School, February 1990. For one student, it would be the day of his life that would be forever changed. It's uh, the middle of government class. And Wes Green has made a comment to Trent Whitley about paying him a fee for protection as Whitley was rumored to be a small town drug dealer. So Trent very loudly and in front of the other students tells Wes that he didn't need his protection on any drug deals. And this embarrassed Wes. So um, Wes hung out with popular kids and Trent did not. Um, Wes was more... But the preppy crowd, eventually voted most spirited in his class, and Trent was more hunting, fishing, that type of person, like the outdoors guy, not yeah.
1: necessarily the jock person, but right. Like the,
0: but for Wes, having someone outside of his circle of friends call him out was the
1: ultimate insult. He, Ugh! He just high schoolers and their feelings, right? <laughs> so <for laughs> very West, sensitive.
0: Wes let his embarrassment fester and grow, and the embarrassment quickly turned to anger. Wes confided in his best friend, Mike Derby, and the two hatched a plan to teach Trent and anyone else who might think to call him out whether or not they would embarrass Wes again. So on Friday, February the 23rd of 1990, Trent's hanging out his house, just typical Friday, gets home from school. Um, he hops in his car and he heads out. And he goes to his friend Mark's house. And they hang out for a while. They talk about a bunch of parties that are happening. And Fred's like, yeah, gonna go check out some of them. And then he decides he's going to head out. But he leaves Mark's house alone. Trent never showed up to any parties. And he never showed up at home. The next day, his car was found across the street from his house at the town park with um, the keys still in the ignition. Now, when you think about a park. I know we all kind of think about a park, and there's probably a pond, and some walking paths, maybe some, maybe some walking paths, right. playground equipment. Right. That's not this park. This park <laughs> is literally a piece of square
1: land. I think it might have been one square acre, honestly. And, and it was at
0: the end of two roads where... One road merged into the other road. On one end of the park was a big statue of, I don't remember what. It was a
1: soldier. I fell off that statue when I was little and knocked myself out, gave myself a concussion.
0: I also fell off that statue, yes. statue but I don't think I knocked myself out. On the other side of the park was a big water
1: fountain. Yes. And a Christmas tree. Yes, because we used to go to the Christmas tree lighting every year. And I got my picture taken in... The newspaper of me and a bunch of friends. when We were little, little playing in that fountain. Yes, yeah. I was quite the newspaper star back in my very, very young days. Right. Well, before anybody knew what kind of personality I had.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, and then I think maybe there were even there were a few benches on the outside corner, like cement
1: benches. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't often see a lot of people in that park. No. And if I don't you think you
1: to, could fit that many people
0: in and that. And if you park. wanted to go to the park, you had to. If you drove, you had parallel park because yeah. there was not a parking lot. No. This was a, you know, ride your bike
1: That's what we sit did. on yeah. the
0: ground type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't a great.
1: Wasn't and a great there thing. were bees in that park because when you were a toddler, you stepped on a yellow jacket and got stung on the bottom of your little barefoot. I did. I really
0: did. And I was
1: like, way to get all the attention.
0: <laughs> <sighs> um, all right. So the Whitley's house faced that park. I remember it well because they lived next door to a family that I babysat for so Uh, for two and a half years the police followed dead ends they interviewed Trent's classmates his friends his teachers and it was like he just vanished there were all kinds of rumors that circulated saying that he had been involved in a drug deal gone wrong or that he was on the run from somebody but for two and a half years
1: Nobody had I remember hearing a rumor that he had gone to Virginia Beach to make some big drug deal and pissed off some big drug right. dealer and that nobody had ever seen him. And I think the FBI might have gotten involved at some point. The FBI was involved. There help. were
0: posters all over town yes. for a missing person. Two and a half years. Two and, two and a half years. Poor family right. not knowing. That must be
2: the absolute worst. Having no idea. where being not knowing.
0: No like closure, no, alone, yeah, what do you pain pain do? Like he going to just walk in one day as he's somewhere uh, sick and he, we can't get to, hand 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 hand
1: hand. to him? Right. It's, the worst case it's horrible. Yeah. Right. I agree. And
0: nobody in town, but I mean, some of the rumors were circulating, but nobody, nothing, nothing. Nothing panned out. I can't remember. My brain is a little fuzzy because you'll have to excuse me. When I was in my 20s. I was drinking
1: an awful lot. I drank a bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the days and the weeks and the That's years. So funny because when I was a in little, my teens,
1: I drank a lot. Were
0: a little <laughs> for me, but I think it was probably 1991. It may have been 92. I can remember my daddy called me, and he or your daddy, our dad.
1: Oh, your dad, dad called. I wonder if he called. said
0: hi to my dad. And he told me that Mr. Jervis, a family friend, had passed away. So the Jervies—they were always at the Christmas parties that we went to. Absolutely. But other than that, we didn't have a lot of dealings as a family with the Jervies. But but
1: Dad—I think and Mom, Mom and Dad as a couple ran in circle. the social circles. But they had all boys, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And so I don't think you and I would have. I mean, I knew them like because they were our age, and I think I went to kindergarten. Maybe with one of them. The, I think the older one, Matt, right, right. was my age. So, yeah.
0: And I can't remember what the dad's name was. I want to say been... his name,
1: Packy. Packy Derby is what they called him. Okay. But I, don't I, know don't that. I don't think that was his name.
0: I remember that, that the mom's name was Ann. Yes. And without an E. I remember Yes. That. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> so, again, my brain's kind of fuzzy on the timeline. But I know that within a year after Mr. Derby passed, I went home to visit dad, and he told me this completely crazy story. And this would have been in 1992. They finally had figured out what happened to Trent Whitley. So now our families, again, hung out with the Jervies, but we, we also were familiar with the Whitleys. And I don't know that you necessarily were around the Whitleys, but um, Trent had an older brother, Scott. I knew that Scott was my Age. Yeah, I knew and we in a church camp together. Yeah. Um, and then they came into the drugstore and, yeah. and we knew them
1: that way. I mean, and we lived in a little mud puddle of a town. We so did. we knew a lot of people. And I think back then our the whole population of Franklin was eight thousand. And that was yeah. all of it. That's and it. that was that was including like the union camp and like that was when it was in its boom. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had like at that, that point, I really think we were down to one or two stoplights on Main Street. Right. We, I, you know.
0: And it's just your typical small southern town. Everybody Absolutely. Everybody. Great
1: place to raise a kid, I suppose.
0: It was that during those times. Yeah. I mean, I rode my bike everywhere.
1: Me too. Um,
0: I don't know. It was just it was so it was for something like what I'm about to tell you happened is just crazy. So, uh, Dad said that Mike's dirty had come home for a visit with his mom from college. After his dad had passed. After his dad had passed. Okay. Yep. And he told his mom when he got home, I need you to call the family attorney because there's something I need to talk about. And I need him to be here. So she got the family attorney and came over. What I remember vividly, and I don't know that if this is fact. Again, there are rumors because really only Mike Journey knows the answer. But but what, what Dad said was, because Mike's dad passed away, he was convinced that his dad knew of a crime that Mike committed. And he was embarrassed that his dad knew, and he was riddled with guilt, and he couldn't take it any longer. Right. He had to tell somebody what had happened. So, and thank goodness he did. So he told his mom and their attorney that on the night of February 23rd, he and his best friend, Wes Green, tricked Trent into meeting them at S.P. Morton Middle School, which was in our little city of Franklin. Um, kind of crazy, because it was literally... Was it S.P.
1: Morton Middle School? Because it was an elementary school when I was there. Oh, uh,
0: the article in the newspaper said, said middle school. Said middle school.
1: And they could have had a middle school. I didn't make it that far in right. that system. No. So you dropped out in elementary school. I dropped out in... The, <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I dropped out... Drug
0: outlets, right? So there was a little field next next to it, and I can remember. I mean, it's like right in the middle of a neighborhood. It's not, yeah, mm-hmm. isolated. There are houses all around. But anyway, um, they told Trent that they were going to set him up with a drug
1: dealer out of Suffolk. Okay, so
0: Suffolk was 30, 30 minutes 30 minutes from us, and it was.
1: Almost due east because it, it was on the way to Virginia Beach.
0: It was, and if we wanted to go halfway to Virginia Beach, we would meet people in Suffolk or I don't know. I just remember they made tea bags there and they made planter's peanuts there. That's and they had South an Park.
1: incredible place that I think is still there called Georgia Steakhouse. Yes, <laughs> and
0: we did go, and the we did go there right. often. Trent gets to the elementary school. Wes and Mike are there. The three of them chit chat for just a few minutes, and then Wes pulls out a three fifty seven Magnum and shoots Trent once in the temple.
2: Oh my gosh! I knew that there was a murder, but I just, <laughs> didn't know this, this was. was I thought deep down, I thought that this was—they were just going to scare him. I yeah. and it went wrong. Like I did not see no. this coming. Right. Okay. Sorry. And okay. I,
1: I had heard that they made him kneel down and, and executed oh him. Oh my
2: gosh! And here I felt I was before hearing that I was really feeling some compassion. Like I remember when I was in high school, you're in a whole different planet as yeah. far as your emotions go. You and, know, reality, know like, reality yeah, and reality, what's reality, like, and what's important? You're just stuck in this fishbowl, and like the smallest little thing rocks your entire.
1: And your it world. ripples through your peer group. Yes, and it's so dramatic, it's and, so it dramatic. and it doesn't die down. And the emotions that faster. you feel yes. are like
2: always at a ten all the time. They're so I was feeling so compassionate. Yeah. like man, that could have happened to me. Like I, I was a yeah. hothead all you the time. You definitely
1: were a hothead. You did really like, people
2: embarrassing me. And no, so here I was feeling compassion, like hey, like you know, maybe that could have happened to me one day. Something got a little out of hand, and but. I never listened called an execution-style <laughs> murder. No,
1: this is murder. Right. This, I don't know if you know this, but this this is called sugar-coated murder. murder. Oh. Yeah. So we do talk about uh, some murder. I thought we were on like, sugar co- sugar-coated assault. Oh. <laughs> sugar-coated. This went, a little, this went a little south. I signed so. up for the wrong
0: episode. All right, so um, Trent has been shot. Wes and Mike then wrapped Trent's body in plastic. Oh. They take Trent's car and drop it off at the park, leave the keys in the ignition. That was really nice of them. Yeah, and then they drove the body out to Capron, to a farm that Mike's family
1: owned. The Derby's owned it. So
0: right. Capron is rural, rural, farmer country, yeah,
1: and beautiful, beautiful land. And
0: it's in it's in Southampton County in Virginia, and it's just. Franklin was the city, I guess, and yep. then there were the little, county. little
1: county places, towns, all surrounding. So And beautiful farm fields, like yes. just very well-kept farms, yes. and just something that you would see like in a storybook. Right.
0: Gorgeous. So, uh, they drive the body out to the farm that the Jervie family owned, and they bury Trent in a shallow grave. Can't,
1: wait, these are... these are 17 year old maybe 18 at the most kids right can you can you picture yourself doing that like handling a dead body like Like putting it in your car like I can't like at that age age, my only reaction would be to run away like I would never I don't think I can't see my I can't see myself today seeing this through. No. Honestly. <laughs> no. If I shot somebody in cold blood, I'd be running away, right? Like I just run and run and run and run. Right. But I I don't think I could touch that body, handle that body, and no. the blood yeah. and see the what like the aftermath of what happens when you shoot a person in right. the head, right? Mm-mm. I ain't got the stomach for that shit. No. So the
0: next day, they Wes and Mike go back to the shallow grave, unbury Trent get his wallet take what? the money from his wallet bury him again what yeah why did they need the money how much money twenty dollars I don't know it didn't say how much money it was. I mean, he was he
1: thought he was meeting a drug dealer so he might have had maybe a hundred a hundred, two hundred. Oh, I don't know no. maybe even if it was 500 is it worth digging up that yeah, body
0: well listen we're not talking about two kids that come from poor families no no, the jury. I'm not so sure that the green. were an affluent family. An affluent family. I believe that Wes's mother was a single mom raising him, and I don't know that they were affluent. But Wes certainly was. They lived in a nice home. To live in a nice home yeah. and have a, a good family. Well, do you think maybe they
2: just took the wallet so the body wouldn't have an ID on it.
0: They only took. The they money. just took they they on the wallet with the wallet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, i tried to give. Them- Ex- another one, another trying one. to give yeah. you the benefit of the doubt. All right, I'm done that. With that Right.
0: <laughs> so then they remember that they had left Trent's glasses and hat at oh. the middle school. So then they drive back to the school, they get the hat and the glasses, and they dispose of them. Um, and then they basically just continued on with their life. Oh my god. Wes graduated high school and attended the Virginia Military Institute where he excelled. He was he was even supposed to be in the color guard, um, starting his third year at BMI, which is a prestigious honor bestowed only to six out of three hundred or so cadets.
1: Wow. So he really, really did well there. I wonder if he was a marksman.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just asking.
1: Perhaps. Okay. Seems like he was a natural.
0: Right. Mike graduated and he went off to the University of Georgia in the fall of 1990. Then he withdrew for a year. And I'm guessing that might have been when his dad died. Or got real, real sick. Right. And then um, he re-enrolled and went back in 92. To Georgia? Yeah. Okay. So, and now, you know, just remember, Franklin is small. Less than 9,000 folks were living there at the time. You have to wonder to yourself, how does something like this happen? And nobody else knows.
1: Nobody else knows anything. And nobody's talking.
0: So here comes the code of silence. At the trial, there was evidence submitted that confirmed many people close to Wes and Mike knew what happened to Trent. Are you
2: serious?
0: Friends and Teachers. Teachers knew? But they were too scared to come forward. People knew that I'm just telling
1: you, I have chills all over my body.
0: um, People knew that Wes had stolen a gun from a local dentist when he was dating the dentist's daughter because he carried it with him everywhere he went, and he bragged about it. He even confided in fellow cadets that that he he had killed somebody, but he said it was in self-defense. And nobody... But now, I'm just going to say, person. if I'm in college
1: and I don't know this kid from anywhere, I'm going to probably think he's just shooting off his mouth. Yeah. yeah. But when I'm in high school and I knew the guy that went missing and then I knew that my classmates had murdered this guy, I don't know how I would have just kept that quiet. Yeah. I don't know. Shame on everyone
2: that knew. I don't care about any code of silence. I know i been no. in a small town, but for adults to have known and not said anything is...
1: Despicable, just as despicable in my opinion as actual war itself. I think so. I feel that way because I look at it from the side of that mom, yeah, who lost that yeah, kid that went for two and a half years yeah. and didn't and know where she was, and she watched funeral. his and she watched his friends graduate and yeah. go on with their life, yeah, and, and she's knew. got this hole in her life, yeah, and people around her knew. They freaking yeah. knew. They looked me in the eye. They knew. Yeah. Like that just drives a stake for your heart. Seriously. So I have it a hard time even her. remember. But here's the thing. Oh, they didn't have a funeral. She couldn't bury him.
0: They didn't even have a funeral for two and a half years because Jeez. she didn't know if her son was dead or alive. That poor <laughs> woman. woman. Right. So it wasn't until after Mike took investigators to the family farm and showed them where he and Wes had buried Trent that Mrs. Whitley even knew what happened to her son. He was 17 years, 17. The day after Mike confessed, Wes returned. He had been hanging out in the Outer Banks in Nags Head, and he um, came home after a week-long trip and was arrested. And then police went and searched his house, and lo and behold, they found the murder weapon. Oh,
1: my God.
0: Here's the part that maybe gives me a bit of a stomach ache.
1: Oh, I, I'm not ready. <laughs> I had a stomach ache the whole time. I'm sweating. I feel like I'm right back in that town right now. Seriously, it's just—it really is hurting my heart. Right. All right let's
0: hear it. So even after the confession and finding the murder weapon, the prosecutor felt that he had a weak case, so he opted for plea deals. Both Wes and Mike had been charged with capital murder. So they could have gotten the death penalty. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, the prosecutor felt like he didn't have enough of a case to convict them.
1: Well, let's just stop for a minute, and I'm going to ask you, where was this trial held?
0: In the county, Southampton County. Mr. Grizzard was the prosecutor. So Wes Green, who was 20 at the time of sentencing, received life in prison plus 62 years on charges of capital murder, robbery, and use of a firearm. Mike was 21 at the time of sentencing. He pled guilty to first-degree murder and a firearms violation and was given a 30-year sentence. Wes was going to be serving 25 years, and then he was going to be eligible for parole. It wasn't life without parole. It was just life. Mike was eligible for parole after six years. And I won't say anything about that. Only that Mike is out of prison and currently he lives in Franklin. Hmm. I do not know what Wes's status is. It's been 28 years. You haven't been able so to see if he's a prisoner in, I the, in the court system? I mean, I guess I could have really could gone have. in for a deep dive to see, but um, I didn't. And none of the people that knew about the murder and didn't come forward were charged for anything because according to the prosecutors. It's not against
1: the law The law to withhold that information. Isn't Excuse that me? I thought we had a good Samaritan law. They do on Seinfeld.
0: Yeah. Well, um, when did the good Samaritan law come into play? Do we know?
1: I don't know. Why don't you look it up?
0: Google
1: ask ask Google. So
0: anyway, I know that we have a lot of people. This is probably a sensitive subject.
1: And I'm sure this is going to bring a little bit of controversy. And,
0: you know, we have a lot of friends that still live in that town that probably have some strong opinions about it. I'm sure.
1: Well, let's hear them. <laughs> I would love to hear. Right. I would love to hear their opinions. Call yeah. us, write us, email us. Our email is murder.sugarcoated at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you if you've got a whole other opinion and take on this yeah, situation.
2: You got something to say? Yeah, we'd love let's to hear. hear it. We'd
1: love to have a discussion. I'm willing to discuss it and debate it right on this podcast yeah. because I'd I like guess to hear. I thing that really upsets me the
0: most is that. He coming back into that community and living in that town close to the family of Trent just has to be awful. Do you imagine for the Whitleys,
2: like running into them after their 6 year? Right. right. I mean, running into them at the grocery no. store, at the drugstore. I thought right? running into exes in the. I know. It's the worst thing I've ever I know, sometimes it's awkward when
1: run into old classmates you don't remember their name, but you know yeah. you're supposed to know them. Like, that's awkward. But running oh. into the guy that killed your son, your son or the mom of the guy that killed your son and your son is out out yeah. of jail I and walking around and listening. I would have had to leave that town. I'm pretty sure I'd have to leave the country. Yeah. But I just don't, I don't know how, I don't even know how you pick up and go on as a mom. Yeah. As a mom, and and she had three other children. She did, so she had to live with those kids. But imagine those
0: kids. Trent was the baby. But those imagine those kids, though. I know. I know. I mean, I know. I know. I I
1: don't
0: know. It's very. It is very conflicted
1: about it. It's very conflicting because we knew we knew these families, and we certainly knew the Derbys. I knew the Derbys a lot better than I knew the the Whitleys, and. They were very respected. And, I mean, my, my God, their dad was such a great guy and their mom. I mean, they were raised to be very respectful Southern men. I right. mean, that's the way they were raised. And I'm sure as the parent of a, of a kid that made this decision, it has to be devastating. It blows a hole in your whole life. And yes, as a mom, you want to save your child. That's your instinct. And but you don't stop loving them. You never stop loving them. Absolutely. And I also wholeheartedly believe that as teenagers especially, we make some really irrational decisions. We we take action where action is not needed or we take action that is 100 times more of the react, the reaction is a hundred times bigger than the actual incident that right. you're reacting right, to. Right. And we do, we make mistakes. We all act out of whatever passion, fear, oh no, anger. But for
0: us, it was like, okay, you <laughs> you've pissed us off. We're gonna bake you brownies, lax in it, yeah. and leave them by your door. Yeah. You know, it was it was
1: that type of yeah thing, or and never ever. No matter how much I despised some people and how much they picked on me or I picked on them. I, it never crossed my mind to erase them from the face of the earth. Right. And that's what gets me. And I, I mean, I know that our God is a forgiving God and we are supposed to be forgiving people. And so hopefully wherever these two men are, that they have given their life to the Lord and that they have asked for his forgiveness and that they spend every day of their life making up for what they did. Right. And then if that's the case, I'm good. Right. You gotta at some point you gotta draw a line.
0: Right, because when it comes down to it, it's not our place to judge. That's it's not, not that's not our role. That's not what God intended no. from us to And according to Mitchell. the court, but they pay you, their dues. It's real, real hard not to be
1: judgy. It it's is very hard, really especially when you know them and you know the way they were raised and you know the town that we came from. Right. It just it didn't match up. It right. just didn't match up. And then you look at the pain that that mother and those those kids, siblings of this kid right. went through. I mean, not just Changed the my life forever. It's aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents. Right. It's, there's it's, a ripple there's effect. A ripple right. effect that goes through generations. Absolutely. So, so I have a
0: little update
2: on Good Samaritan.
1: Okay, let's hear also. it. Also,
2: known as bystander law. So they, each state has their own, but they all vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So they're all a little different. Some of them protect the rescuers who aided a victim. um, And then some of them do incriminate people that don't act like a good human being, basically. But according to what I'm reading, like I said, it varies from state to state how strict it is and like exactly who it's protecting and not protecting. But from what I'm reading, um, the highest punishment is a $100 fine. Right. So Seinfeld had it a little wrong. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <Mom.
1: laughs> I am blown well, away. So let's trust <laughs> eat now. Let's. Yeah. Yeah, let's I brownies. Mean, I, brownie think, I brownie. think these warm chocolate brownies are the answer to this absolutely. whole entire episode it's because absolutely. I'm so all day stressed planning. out. Give me one. You got well. First of all, I don't think you paid the extra. I'm just kidding. Cake. You, can get the you all can take a brownie. Take a brownie. Don't you love the shape? And I love size? that they're all like we don't have to fight over which is it's the biggest one. Big one. So yeah, let's let's see what's happening here. Oh my god. Mmm, I love it. Mm. delicious. Uh, and the fact about. that it's still warm and uh, it's just falling uh, apart amazing. in my mouth. Amazing. Yeah, well be sweet. Yes, yeah, so don't murder your baby. friends. Don't don't do that. Don't do it. Don't murder your friends. Stay mamas. six feet apart.
0: Mm-hmm. Follow the quarantine rules and regulations. That
1: helps. That that's helps. Actually, hard. I did see a statistic where our crime is so way down right now. Murders are down 25% in our country. That's amazing. And and I'm surprised because we're all cooped up with just like one or two people. I saw another statistic
0: was a statistic it was a report from a seismologist mm. and seismologist.
1: I don't like Seize. the way they're called. And my, anyway, I don't want them near me if they're like, the
0: earth is vibrating less because people stay at home. <laughs> oh that's so awesome. Pollution's way down. Yeah look at us. Our yeah. carbon footprint is down. Absolutely. I love so that. there there are some good things yes. coming out but um
1: but just don't murder.
0: Don't murder people,
1: or we will talk about it. And you.
0: wash your damn hands. Just yeah, wash, wash your hands. wash your hands. And remember,
1: if you kill people, we we're going to talk, talk about, about you. it. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.